We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz. I'm Nick Fay hitting with a solo recap of the fourth largest loss in Nets history tonight to the Chicago Bulls, 131-87. It was as bad as it sounds. Probably worse watching this game. Um, Post-All-Star break, you expect a team to come out with a lot more energy, intensity, and just overall preparation. Given this is a new team, they were given an opportunity to prepare and practice didn't seem like that was the case. We're going to jump to that and plenty more. Make sure you check the buzz on all streaming platforms. Also, give us a follow on Instagram at Brooklyn Buzzpod. But again, this game was horrendous. It was disappointing. It was effortless in terms of what the Nets were trying to do out there. They did nothing. You know, they scored 18 points in the first quarter and 11 points in the second quarter. That is 29 points in an NBA half. And if it wasn't for a garbage time fourth quarter of Cam Thomas and Seth Curry taking turns knocking down shots, the Nets probably would have set a record for the lowest amount scored in an NBA game, or at least in the last 10 to 20 years. It it was that bad. Everything about this game was terrible. You know, there really isn't any positive outlook to this one. There's really nothing you can go to and be like, you know what? That's good moving forward. It was just terrible. Um, and it definitely gives you extreme worries for the rest of the season and, you know, what this team can do and how many games they can win. You know, we talked about them potentially getting double-digit wins out of the next 24 games on the last pod, Jack and I, and now it looks like they might fall closer to the floor of that prediction, be it, you know, 8 of 16 or it could be maybe even less. You know, maybe they win less games. It's really... A sour outlook after this being your first taste of post-All-Star break. And just looking at some of the shooting numbers for tonight, the Nets were 30 of 81 from the field, 37% and 12 of 44 from three. We know this team is going to be dependent on the three ball. You know, that's going to determine if they win or lose a lot of games. And tonight, it was a big reason they lost, especially because up to a point in the second quarter, they had hit 
four threes in the first half, and it's just not going to be enough. They're going to have to find other ways to generate offense. And one of those ways we anticipated a team like this with the defensive talent they have to generate offense is transition opportunities tonight. Zero fast break points. I will go on record and say the Nets will not win a game this season where they score zero fast break points. It's just not going to happen, especially given the athletes they have. You know, the Bulls have some solid defenders, and I thought they played with good energy tonight and came out of all-star break with the right mindset. Obviously, the Nets did not, but not being able to force you know turnovers on this team. The Bulls only nine turnovers tonight. They just didn't do anything. They pretty much allowed the Bulls to dictate the game on both ends of the floor. There was really no impact from the Nets. And yes, they're missing stars and Kyrie and Katie are gone, but the lack of intensity and impact from guys that you know can just play better. And also, I think it goes not just to the players, but the coaching staff. And Jacques Vaughn coming off that extension, which we talked about on the previous podcast, you know, this, not to say this is uh, dictating, you know, his entire tenure as a coach, but it's kind of an example why you want to wait and see, you know, what a head coach can do with the team before giving him a long-term extension. As we talked about in that previous show, you know, maybe waiting out the 24 games made the most sense moving forward for this team. You know, Vaughn obviously has had success this season, but a lot falls on him for this game. You know, the players were terrible, but again, not coming out with this level of effort and preparation and not having necessarily counters and ways to handle what Chicago was trying to do. You know, yes, the Nets missed a lot of shots in that first half, but it felt like they were just essentially settling for threes when they weren't hot from three and they were ice cold. And they really just had no other counters to generate offense. And some of that too was just guys you expect to be better. Like Spencer Dinwiddie in this game scored two points two points for Spencer. And this is a team that he scored 20 plus against two weeks ago. And the Nets beat this Bulls team without Mikel Bridges and Cam Johnson. So Spencer to go 0 of 6, 0 of 3 from 3, two points, five assists, one rebound. And the Bulls in one point in this game were just leaving Vucevic on Spencer Dinwiddie and he was not able to score the basketball or generate good offense for the rest of the team. And if he can't generate offense against Nikola Vucevic, the Nets really don't have a chance to generate offense a lot of the season unless they get extremely creative in what they're doing with their sets and their off-ball movement. And, you know, even tonight, that was not good. It was not good on so many levels, and a lot of it, too, is just effort. If you want to get open off-ball, you're going to have to put some effort in, and that goes for the guy moving, and that also goes for the screener. And there was just not enough physicality and effort and energy in this Nets team. And it's interesting because... You know, a lot of these guys typically do play with good energy and effort, but it's felt like soon as, you know, the offense really just was completely ice cold, the defense started to really get bad too. And obviously, again, this is a team that's going to be a lot of variance from three, a lot of hot and cold offensive nights. The defense is going to have to keep the game close. And that's, as I mentioned, forcing turnovers, getting in transition, but it just felt really easy. And there was just a lot of miscommunications on both ends of the floor, um, a lot of mental mistakes, you know, offensively saw it with turnovers to start the game, especially from Mikel Bridges, and then defensively just not being in the right spot and just giving guys open shots. You know, Zach Levine, it felt like, just had two wide open threes early in the first quarter of this game. And obviously he's a guy that can be a little hot and cold from three, but he's a scorer. And they were just kind of giving him opportunities to cook. And it just felt like, the, de- the team defense was non-existent. It was a lot of one-on-one defense. And if they did help, 
you know, they'd make one rotation, that second or third rotation never really got in place, or they just ended up giving somebody a mismatch and getting an opportunity really deep in the paint, be it Nikola Vucevic, be it, you know, Zach Levine driving to the rim. Just really nothing to be happy about in this game for the Nets' perspective. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, and I think also you look at this too, as I mentioned, you know, Jacques Vaughn takes a big a big chunk of this. The players take a big chunk of this. But I think from an organizational standpoint, it's a nasty look for Joe Sy and Sean Marks. And, you know, they've talked about culture and having a team they're proud of and a team that's available and, you know, playing the way they envision. Well, that doesn't really matter when you're getting blown out by 40 points. You know, they've lost by 44 points tonight. And yes, this game is not the entire season and it could be a one game sample size, but there were issues in this game that you can see be apparent again for the rest of the season. You know, some of these things happened in that Knicks game. It just happened that the offense wasn't quite as bad. They're going to have to get creative. They're going to have to do different things because the plan they had tonight was easily stopped by the Chicago Bulls, who do have some defensive talent, but still, it's not like they have earth-breaking defensive players. There's there's no guys that are really, you know, protecting the rim or clamping down the paint. And I think it just goes to show how, again, sporadic the Nets offense can be and how three-point dependent it is. And I think that's that's why you got to lean into guys like Cam Thomas more and his ability to break down defenders in front of him, get to the rim, and generate advantages for the offense. And yes, sometimes he does generate those advantages and takes a bad shot. But if he's given the reps, I'm sure he's going to expand his game and find more opportunities for his teammates. And another guy that has to play is Edmund Sumner. You know, one, Sumner plays with just great energy and tenacity, but also he's a ball handler that can get downhill and attack the rim. You know, you are changing up your offense a little bit, giving yourself a little bit of variance in terms of the way that you can attack and you can score. And Sumner can definitely do that, especially with this group of guys that couldn't really get anything going tonight. But really, not much more to say about the game. Hopefully it was a one-time thing and something we don't have to see again for the next couple decades. That's how bad tonight's performance was from the Nets. But over to some Twitter questions. Big thanks, everybody. Really appreciate you guys throwing them in there because I did not want to talk about this game at all, but I had to do at least touch on it a little bit. But getting to our first question, Manny BK88, what team realistically would want a Ben Simmons? When will the Nets again have cap space to sign a big-time free agent or two? Uh, quickly touching on Ben, he missed tonight's game with knee soreness. Uh, we did get news that he had a procedure draining his knee over All-Star break and will be reevaluated in a week. 
Uh, we'll see what happens with that. If he will be healthy, you know, in a week or two, what we can expect from him obviously has not looked confident this season, but in terms of who would want Ben Simmons, I don't think anybody would truly want Ben Simmons in his contract at this point in time. It'd be what would come with it. You know, are you attaching two first round picks to get off of Ben Simmons? And is that enough to entice a team with cap space that thinks, hey, maybe we can get Ben close to the level we saw early on in Philadelphia? Maybe. You know, the Spurs have been mentioned potentially as one of those teams. Um, I think it would just kind of be whoever's tanking and who's ever looking to really acquire picks. In my opinion, until the Nets have some type of clear plan or identity moving forward, getting off picks, uh, getting off Ben Simmons and using picks to do so just doesn't really make sense at this point in time. You're better off giving him the summer to get healthy and maybe seeing what he can do next year and trying to trade him next year at the deadline where it's one you know, a year and a half left on his contract or even the falling off season where he becomes an expiring deal. And that is really connected to the Nets cap space because Ben is on contract until 24-25 and he's making $40 million. Mikel Bridges will be on a contract for 23 mil. Dorian Finney-Smith will be on contract for 14 mil. Cam Thomas, Daron Sharp will still be on rookie deals. But Nick Claxton will be due for a new deal in 23-24. You would anticipate if he's still with the Nets, he will get big money. And as we know, Cam Johnson is new is due for a new contract this summer. So with all those guys combined, I don't think the Nets will have a ton of money until Ben's contract runs out or they get off of that deal. But also a lot can change with the NBA salary cap and the CBA discussions that are going to be happening moving forward for the new deal. So I would say... Most likely, I wouldn't anticipate the Nets having cap space to sign a big-time free agent till 2025. You know, it could change, but that seems like the most likely scenario. Moving on to our next question, Elvis in the lab. At Elvis in the lab, Seth Curry start over Dinwiddie. Um, I don't think so. I think you're still going to roll with Spencer. You know, hopefully tonight was just a really bad game. It was a, just a weird vibe for him. Um you know, as I mentioned before, Vucevic really clamped him up. I thought it was also the team defense and the Bulls understanding what he was trying to do. But Spencer missing that, like, one step to get downhill and not looking super confident shooting pull-up threes is definitely having an impact. But I think Seth is so inconsistent offensively, can't handle the ball as well, and can't pass the ball as well or defend. I think you still roll with Spencer unless, you know, these type of performances happen for a week straight or something like that. But on to our next one, at Mr. On Time, why does Jacques Vaughn refuse to start Cam Thomas? Nothing else matters at this point. I mean, if the Nets continue to play you know, this poorly, nothing does really matter but the development of the young guys. But even still, I think given some of the decisions the Nets made, not playing Cam Thomas more doesn't make any sense given the limita- offensive limitations of a lot of guys on this roster and what we saw him do pre-All-Star break, you know. Uh, I'll say it again, three straight games of 40 plus points is incredibly hard to do. And I I just don't think that the Nets probably are giving him enough credit for what he did in those games because of maybe some of the recency bias of seeing, you know, Kyrie and Katie do it so frequently over the course of the last couple of years. You know, Cam is a special offensive talent and he truly needs to have opportunities to shine and grow because he is a bright spot for this roster. And again, as we've been talking about, you want to see what you have in him and really kind of figure out how good can Cam Thomas be and what type of role could he potentially play, you know, on a championship team and on this franchise moving forward. Uh, on to our next question from Brooklyn 
Why didn't we trade Seth Joe Royce at the deadline? Also, why didn't Mark get a, Marks get a center in the Irving or Durant trade? McGee for Dallas or Landell from Phoenix would be good for us. Yeah, I agree. I'm not sure why Seth, Joe, and Royce are still on the roster. At the very least, you should have looked to move Seth and Royce, given you know Seth is an expiring contract, and Royce, I think, has one more year after this season on his deal at a reasonable price. You figure, at the very least, those guys probably could get you second-round picks, and that would have made a lot of sense. Um, in terms of the center coming back, I don't think that's a huge deal. You know, but I do agree that they should have added somebody on the trade deadline or in the buyout market or, you know, just another veteran because at some point it's not really Dayron Sharp's fault. He's just a raw player and they're asking him to play a role that he's just not capable of playing yet. So that's really a lot on Sean Marks in the front office and their decisions uh, with that. But um, we got three questions from Cam Tonoroski. What would happen if Ben Simmons somehow turned the season around, actually does things on the floor, and starts becoming old Simmons? I mean, that would be huge. I mean, Ben was previously an all-star, you know, uh, all-NBA caliber player. Uh, I don't think anyone really anticipates that happening, you know, this season or moving forward given how he's played. But crazier things have definitely happened in the NBA. Uh, moving on to the next one from Cam. What if last summer when the three-trade rumor happened about the Heat, Jazz, and Nets, what if the trades went down? Where would the Nets have been if they landed, bam, from the Heat? Um, you know, Katie and Kyrie still might be on the roster. It's really that simple. Um, you know, maybe Kyrie's not on the roster, but Katie still is. We know Ben not living up to the all-star hype was a big reason. You know, this team wasn't able to handle a, a Kyrie trade request and Kyrie departing from this team because they would be down to essentially one star in Kevin Durant because Ben was no longer that star that they supposedly, you know, acquired in that James Harden trade. So I think if Bam is here, you know, you're looking at KD and Bam, and the Nets are probably more aggressive at the deadline in terms of trying to make upgrades and, you know, make this team a real contender. Obviously, we don't know how close that deal really was. You know, was it just framework? Was there still a dispute over the picks? Who really knows? And last question from Cam. How would the Nets be if James Harden never got traded slash asked for a trade? Nets might have won a championship last year, and they might be on their way to another one this season. Um, you know, probably one of the biggest what ifs in terms of Nets history, but here we are right now after the fourth largest loss in Nets history. So uh, a lot to think about with this team moving forward. Hopefully they bounce back Sunday against the Hawks. Again, really appreciate everyone dropping in those questions, giving me something to talk about. As always, you can find the buzz on all streaming platforms. And big thanks to everybody for listening. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine. Stop noticing. But you know better, and your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour 3-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. 
mypatriotsupply.com.